Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I live in a major metropolitan area of DC and try to practice keen situational awareness and stay aware of any present danger. Well, that's probably putting it lightly though. To be honest, I've seen some stuff and I'm pretty paranoid these days. I'm also a petite woman who has looked 16 for the past decade and therefore am a target for creeps. Depending on what part of the city I'm going to or how late I plan to be out, I sometimes straps a fixed blade hunting knife to myself. I conceal it under my pants or boot in the winter and in the summer I either strap it to my arm or around my waist. Neither of which are really comfortable, but, you know, safety and all that. So, it was raining that night and I was wearing an oversized retro windbreaker that I had just found at the thrift store and the knife was in my purse. The humid DC summer made my skin sticky and the thought of having a sheath around my arm was very unappealing. I got onto the metro towards home, but the conductor announced that the train was going to go out of service on the stop before mine. One of my buddies lives two blocks away from that metro stop, so I just texted him seeing if he wanted me to stop by and smoke him up. He responded saying that he would be on his balcony and I could stop by and yell for him to let me into the building whenever. Now, on the train, I, I usually listen to music, read, crochet, or stare out the window with regular intervals of casing the train for any sketchy stuff. But once in a blue moon, people get robbed on the metro, and if I see packs of teens or people moving up and down the aisle without sitting down, I, I just pack my stuff up and tuck my bag underneath myself. It was right before rush hour, and the train was fairly full at this point. I didn't sense anything unusual until I noticed a guy who looked sort of out of place sitting across the aisle facing me. DC has people from all over and people rarely, if ever, stand out to me as looking suspicious or unusual. But something about this guy just triggered my spidey senses. This guy was skinny and had greasy dark hair and it looked sort of uh, Eastern European or Euro-Asian or something. 
He was wearing a purple button-down and tight pants and kept talking on the phone while checking another phone in his lap. I speak Russian and know some Spanish and can get the gist of similar languages and could tell that he was speaking Italian and describing a small female with brown hair and a jacket. He also kept saying Sola, which really got my attention. Solo or Sola means alone in many languages. I got pretty anxious at that point and my heart started pounding harder every time he looked over at me. The best case scenario, he was just some slimy dude describing me to his friends, but life is too short to count on the best case scenario. So I put my bag on my lap and discreetly strapped the knife to my arm underneath the baggy sleeve of my jacket, just in case. I texted my friend to see if he could meet me at this metro station so that I wouldn't have to walk by myself. However, the reception in the train was really bad and I didn't notice that the text didn't go through. So, the train arrived at my stop and I tried to wait until the very last second to get off so that he couldn't follow me. The doors closed a second or two right behind me, but he was a skinny dude and managed to slip through them. I started picking up the pace and tried to get lost in the crowd on the way to pay my fare. Once I paid, I started booking it to my friend's place without running so fast as to make myself more visible. I turned around and saw that no one was behind me, but wouldn't relax until I was at my friend's apartment. There was a big burly guy who lived near my friend's building who would blast 80s jams and work out on his porch every evening. I prayed that he would be out there by the time that I passed by his house so that I could chill there for a second and call my friend. I walked by his house, but... Unfortunately, he wasn't there, and I heard footsteps behind me and turned around. As I feared, it was a purple shirt guy gaining on me. I started running and, in my panic, didn't notice that the car was stopped in the middle of the road a few feet ahead of me with the side door wide open. The guy caught up to me and lunged with his hands around my waist, and he was surprisingly strong for such a thin guy. In one of what was probably the most crucial decisions of my life, I pulled the knife out and just stabbed wherever I could, flailing to get free. I heard fabric rip, the serrated knife had gotten caught on his shirt, and I used the leverage of him gripping me to actually aim this time and got the knife under his button down and just pushed it in as hard as I could. I had never been more aware of just how fundamentally defenseless I was in that moment. I couldn't even scream or make a sound at all and it was like I'd gone completely mute or had been holding my breath or something. I have no idea how deeply I cut him or how injured he was and honestly, I don't really care. He dropped me for a second and I took that moment and I ran across the street, almost getting hit by a passing car, up to my friend's apartment and I noticed an empty cop car sitting next to my friend's building and got incredibly paranoid. At the time, and probably still, my instinct was that the police would care more about me having a knife on me than almost getting kidnapped. My friend buzzed me into his building and I went inside the unlocked, going straight to his bathroom without saying hello. I washed my knife and the scrapes that I'd gotten in the struggle. I looked at myself in the mirror and, for some reason, decided not to tell my friend what had just happened. I sat with him on his balcony and just hung out and laughed as if nothing went down. I can't tell if it was shock or just being desensitized from the city, but to this day I only occasionally have moments where I realize the gravity of what happens, and I sure hope that telling it like this will help me wake up.
Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hey guys. So, uh, this post I'll be sharing two stories from totally separate instances, in fact. The first one I'll share happened to a, a friend of mine and I, and the second one happened to a family friend. And it was similar in many ways to what happened to me and my friend. So, the first story is that uh, it happened to me and a friend one night a few years ago, and it still freaks both of us out. For some background, he lives in a neighborhood surrounded by a forest in which some of these steel power line towers are located. It's also important to note that there's a man who lives down the road from him who owns what I guess to be around 50 cattle. So anyway, I was spending the night at his house on a Friday night sometime in the fall and we were bored and couldn't drive ourselves anywhere yet so we decided to hop on his ATV and go drive around on this dirt road that led through a forest to some power lines right outside of his neighborhood. We drove to the end of the paved road in his neighborhood and started driving down the dirt road. For a few minutes, we drove normally down this road, guided by the headlights on his ATV, and nothing seemed out of the ordinary until we heard a cattle groaning up ahead, which it was confusing to us because the man who owns the cattle lived another mile or two down the road, and he lived on the other side of the road, and so his cattle, they never crossed onto this side that we were on. We drove farther up ahead to see where the cattle noises were coming from and that's when things just started getting weird. We drove around a bend in the road and our lights shone across the fence surrounding the main power line tower. Behind the fence stood a group of cattle packed tight into a square of fencing around the tower and we sat there for a moment just staring at them, totally confused as to how they got in there. There seemed to be no signs of the fence or barbed wire at the top being broken and the gate was padlocked shut. We sat there for a moment just staring at them, totally confused as to how they got in there in the first place. I mean, there seemed to be no signs of the fence or barbed wire at the top being broken and the gate was padlocked shut. We sat there for a few more minutes and talked about how this could have happened, before deciding to just move on and drive further down the road. We drove for a few minutes until the end of the road came into view and we slowed down and stopped for a second to discuss whether we wanted to go into the forest to look around for fun or for a bit or just turn around and drive back home. As we walked though, an intensely bright light appeared from the edge of the forest. This made us jump but we laughed it off because we assumed it was just a motion sensor or trail cam or something. But then it started moving towards us. At this I... I yelled at him to go and he hit the accelerator and we spun around and sped off down the trail. I looked behind us to see if it was still coming and sure enough, it was. And it was speeding up as well. But for a second I thought that we must have unknowingly trespassed on somebody else's property and they were now chasing us on an ATV or side by side or something but I realized that this light was about 7 or 8 feet off the ground and 
I heard no other motor going besides our own, when normally you can distinguish the sounds of two vehicles when they're close to each other. I kept yelling at my friend to go faster, but he was already going as fast as he could. The light got even closer as it sped up until it was only about 10 yards behind us. I looked ahead and saw that we were approaching the tower where the cattle were still standing, and we flew by it as fast as we could, and I looked back at the light, and that's when another strange thing happened. As it was about to pass by the tower, it instantly came to a complete stop without slowing down. It did this without making a sound, too. I looked back ahead at my friend and told him that it stopped, and we both looked back again, and it was just completely gone. To this day, we still have no idea what happened that night or what we saw. The next morning, we went to check to see if the cattle were still there and they were gone. And again, there were no signs of any break-in. Now, the second story happened to a family friend back in the 70s. The lady who this happened to is from the same rural town as my mum and she was driving home from babysitting my mum one night. Her family owned a farm a few miles outside of town, and they had a large herd of cattle. And as she did this, a huge bright light appeared in the air behind her car. It followed her closely, and she began to get pretty scared that a police helicopter was following her or something. And it was then that she realized that there were no sounds of a helicopter coming from this light. It was just completely silent. She drove faster and down the road, trying to lose it, but... It just kept following her. Then finally, when she passed the feedlot where the cattle her family owned were located, the light just disappeared completely. She sped home, still scared, and told her parents, who basically thought that she was pranking them or something. That was until the next morning when her father went out to check the cattle. He found three of them dead, with their blood drained completely, but no gaping wounds or good explanation. The news spread quickly and they found out that this was not the only instance of mysterious cases of cattle mutilation to happen in the area. And to this day, I still have no answers. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When I was around 15, I'm now 22, I had a best friend of the same age and his house happened to back onto a cane field. So, this story took place when I was around 15 or so and was frequently staying over my best friend's house. We had been sitting in his living room playing video games all day and we were getting a little bored at this point and remembered his mum telling us that we should go play outside every now and then. And so that's exactly what we decided to do. 
just at 2.30am instead of the usual time of a 15 year old going outside, right? Anyway, we were both hanging out over the back fence looking into the cane field, chatting about how the sugar cane would taste and so on, when I had a great idea to jump the fence and go walking through this thick and very dark field. My friend, obviously him being 15 and stupid, also agreed to this idea. So we leaped the fence and walked straight into the field. We were walking for no more than 15 minutes when I turn and find that my friend is just completely gone. I just shrugged it off to him playing a prank or something and I called out his name a few times but there wasn't any answer. And at that moment, I started getting a little bit creeped out. It being dark and oddly silent and all that. Then... Just as I was getting ready to head back to the fence, I, I see this extremely tall man standing in one of the rows looking at me. Now, when I say extremely tall, I mean like over 7 foot easily. I myself at 15 was just a little over 6 foot and this man towered over me with ease. We were both just standing there. I didn't even know if he was looking at me and then out of nowhere, the man just broke out into a sprint coming straight for me and every step that he took was like three of mine. I didn't know what to do and I just froze and I had never in my life been so scared. So I just turned my back and got on my knees and covered the back of my neck. Who knows why I did this or even why I was thinking that it would help me but that's what I did. After what felt like forever but was probably only a few seconds I, I hear my friend's voice calling out saying, Oi bro, did you see that huge dude? I lift my head after hearing this and turn around and the man isn't there or anywhere. And after that, nothing else happened. Well, except for me and my friend pissballing as fast as we could back to the fence. As a child, we had nine acres of woods behind our house that we owned. My uncle used it as his old car storage, but there were old trails and my cousin and I would camp back there a lot. We had a little camping spot under a big tree that had red flowers that pointed down. We would usually rough it by putting our sleeping bags on a pile of dead leaves and put a tarp over us angled like a lean-to tent and just sleep there. The property was sort of a, a skinny rectangle too, so the woods were very long and it would take about... 10 minutes to walk from my house to the camps what I'd say anyway this all happened during a solo camp so I woke up in the middle of the night and noticed the tree was glowing a bright red and the lights were sort of waving in and out I thought it was a dream so I just watched the flowers for a few minutes and I noticed a, a deer behind one of the trees just staring right at me it kept its gaze on me for what felt like a really long time and I actually poked my hand as a reality check and realized that I wasn't dreaming. I got up and tried to get the deer to back off so I put my arms in the air and when I did, the deer got closer to me and I noticed that it was actually on its hind legs. At this point, I decided to just book it out of there and started running back home. I ran for my life and I didn't even turn around to see if anything was behind me but I knew that the thing was chasing me because I could hear it. But while running I felt as if the trees nearby were angry at me or something and I could just sense danger and anger and hate all around me. But when I finally got home I, 
I felt a lot safer and I couldn't sleep, so I stayed up and I just watched a movie. About six years ago, over the summer of my junior year, going into my senior year of high school, I experienced something that I just can't quite shake off, even to this day. My friend's parents were going out of town for the weekend, so myself and three others, including my friend Matt, were planned to sleep over so that we could all hang out, be as loud as we want, and all that good stuff. We slept over at my friend Matt's house. His house was located on the east side of town where all that small wooded area was located. I mentioned this area in a previous story about the scream that I heard in my house and, and that night we all mentioned how we would like to sleep on the trampoline since it was warm out and none of us had done it before. Matt was a little concerned with the idea because he had mentioned that homeless people and sometimes deer wander in and out of the little forest next to his house. But there was no fence separating us from the woods so... Pretty much anything could go in and out of the yard, into the forest, and vice versa. I told him that we would be fine though, and that there was nothing to worry about. But boy, do I wish that I could take that statement back. So we started setting up our spots on our tramp, getting cozy and just hanging out, looking at our phones and whatnot, and about an hour into this, I, I started to hear twig snapping and leaves crunching. Matt was the only one who wasn't on the tramp at this point, but sitting on a small river donut on the deck next to the tramp, and he was sitting on it due to an injury that happened to him a few weeks prior to these events. I was looking at Matt while all of this was happening, and he was looking into the woods. He didn't really say anything, other than a quiet, I told you this was a bad idea. I kept listening for a few minutes, and then it stopped. My friends were all listening too, but they didn't seem concerned. It was really quiet too after it stopped, and none of us said anything, and we all looked back on our phones, and that's when I saw it. The second my eyes met my phone, I saw from my peripheral vision this huge seven to eight foot tall thing just run out of the woods into the backyard and darted to the side of the house. All we saw was the silhouette of whatever it was. It was almost as if it was ghostly, and it was just extremely like slim and bipedal. But here's the kicker though, we saw it run but we didn't hear it run, it made zero sound when it was moving but it made the motion of someone running. When we saw this we all did the exact same thing, we all screamed and ran off the tramp. Matt was the first one inside and to be honest I was surprised that he was even able to walk let alone run because of his injury. We left some blankets and pillows outside because we were in such a hurry but we didn't care. We just shut and locked the sliding door and all of the windows and the doors that we could find. We kept looking out some of the windows to see if we could see anything, but there was nothing. Because we were so startled too, we just stayed up until sunrise to finally go to sleep. I think about what happened on almost a daily basis to this day. Everyone I've told has a theory that it came from the mountains next to the forest or something. But for a little backstory, I... I live in Magna, Utah. The mountains on the east side that separate us are said to house some sort of a, a secret military base where experimentation and other things are done on who knows who or what. Anyway, I'm not sure if I believe in all that sort of stuff, but that night, I'll never forget it.
Back when I was still in high school, my dad left my mum and I went to live with this friend about an hour and a half from us. I was 15 when this happened and I'm now 24 and neither of my parents will tell me why my dad left. But anyway, after my dad left my mum lost her job because he took the only car and we ended up living in a motel a couple of towns over from town that we used to live in. Even though we lived in a different town, I, I still went to a school in my old town and they would pick me up in the bus or van and bring me to and from school. A few months after living in the motel, I made this friend in school named Randy. He was really cute and we got along really well. Near the middle of the school year, my dad actually had a warrant out for his arrest because he hadn't paid child support for my other siblings in a long time because he just couldn't afford it or something like that. So obviously, he ended up getting arrested and he spent 90 days in jail about a mile down the road from the motel my mum and I were in and when he got out, he came and stayed with us again. Near the end of the school year, I was at one of my friend's houses when I got a call from my dad telling me that we got an apartment in the town that I go to school in. I was actually really excited and happy about this and a few months go by and things are going smoothly. And this is when Randy and I decided that we wanted to hang outside of school for the first time. I didn't really hang out with anyone outside of school pretty much ever because if I missed the bus that would take me from school to the motel then I'd be stuck with no way home and nowhere to stay. Randy was pretty much my only friend at the time too, so I thought, yeah, let's hang out I suppose. We decided that we would go drop our stuff off at my house and then go and do whatever until one of us eventually had to go home. So we start walking home from school and we get onto my street when Randy says, hey, I used to live in this street a few months ago. And I asked him which house he lived in and he gave me my house and apartment number. At the time, I thought it was pretty cool that he used to live in the house that I lived in now. Skipping ahead a few weeks though, Randy and I would hang out pretty often and grew pretty close. But then he told me that he wanted more and wanted to go out with me. And my boyfriend and I broke up a few weeks after I moved back to town and I was actually then pregnant with his baby. I was now 16 and pregnant so I told him that and that I wasn't looking for a relationship because of my situation. He said that he understood and that we could just be friends. But now... Every time we hung out, he would try and pull a move on me, but it wasn't anything huge like kissing me or trying to have sex with me or anything. He would just tell me how beautiful I was and how my ex was an idiot for not being with me or try and hold my hand or put his arm around me or something. I told him every time to knock it off and that I wasn't comfortable with what he was doing and he would stop and wouldn't do anything again for a few days. So things were going pretty good and Randy was keeping his hands and flirts to himself until one day we were hanging out at my house on a rainy day. We were sitting on my bed watching YouTube videos when I started having stomach pain so I decided to lay down. We continued with me laying on my back and him sitting next to me for about 20 minutes but then the pain got worse so I rolled over and pulled my knees up and then I felt him put his arm around me and put his body against mine basically spooning me. I sat up real fast and asked him what the heck he thought that he was doing and he just kind of stared at me for a minute and then he tried to kiss me. I completely freaked out and pushed him off my bed because I have PTSD and it makes me freak the hell out when people touch me and he knew this really well too. So I started flipping out on him a little bit and made him leave. After he left, I locked all the doors and told him that I didn't want to see him anymore and then blocked him on everything. 
Things were going good for a while too. My ex blocked me when I told him that I was pregnant because he thought that I was lying to try and trap him, even though I broke up with him and had several positive pregnancy tests and then once I got my first ultrasound, I had a mutual friend of ours send a picture of it to him and it had my name on it and everything and how the baby was. He unblocked me at that point and told me that he believed that I was pregnant now and was helping out with what he could, coming to appointments with me and looking for a job and all that. He wanted to get back together, but I refused, saying that I just wanted him as the father of my baby. He would be nothing more than that, and the point in all of this is that we became good friends again, and I ended up telling him what Randy did, and he did not take it well. He immediately messaged him, and they actually set up a fight for the next day in the school auditorium. Stupid, right? They both got suspended, obviously, and I found out my ex is a horrible fighter, too. A few days after the fight, I actually had a miscarriage as well. I was out of school for a couple of weeks now and work got around pretty quickly because now my ex was once again telling everyone that I wasn't actually pregnant and I was lying to try and trap him, even though he had come to appointments where I had ultrasounds and I had a little baby bump as I was three and a half months along and I'm a very petite girl. So everyone in the school started to hate me and all the people started bullying me and messaging me telling me just how awful I am and all that sort of stuff. So things were not going well for me. But Randy beat the heck out of my ex for this. Like, I'm talking put him in the hospital kind of thing and honestly, I was pretty scared. I didn't know why he did that or pretty much anything to be honest. Anyway... One night, I, I woke up to the sound of someone in my room, so I turned my light on and there's Randy, sitting in the chair in my room. I was home alone at the time, so I was pretty terrified by this and I asked him what the heck he was doing in my house and how he got in and he told me that he came through the back door because apparently it's easy to pick the lock to the bottom door and the top door doesn't have a lock and my parents didn't think it was necessary to put one on there. Now... To clarify, I'm on the second floor and we have a back porch with a door that leads to some stairs that leads to another door into the house. I started freaking out obviously and told him to leave and all that and started screaming at him because of all the stuff that was happening and how it was all coming out at this moment. I started crying and he like rushed over to me and tried to hold me and at this point I shoved him away. But then he got really really angry and pulled out a knife and at this point things changed he started screaming at me about how he just wanted to love me and be there for me and i just kept hurting him and he didn't deserve that you know that truly delusional obsessed person talk so i start trying to talk to him and get him to calm down he's listening and i start slowly turning us around and so i'm near the door and he's not and he realizes this and grabs me and tells me that I'm not going anywhere. Now, he's really angry too. And he's telling me about how now he really sees that I don't see how good he is for me. And that that just won't do. And that if he can't have me, no one can. He starts freaking out saying, what am I going to do? And in his mini freak out, he turns away from me. And I grab something and just start beating him with it. But he's not going down. He's just taking the hits like nothing is happening and just lunges at me with the knife. I dodged him, but he still got me. 
I now have a nice slice on my side too, and that caught me off guard. So while I was distracted, he got up and just kicked me in the back so hard that I flew a few feet. But that hurt so bad and knocked the wind out of me, so I was just laying there thinking that I'm actually going to die here, and now he's walking all slow towards me saying how I shouldn't have done that, and now I'm going to pay and all this sort of stuff when a cop kicks down the door and tackles him, and another one comes and scoops me up and carries me off into the street while six other more huge cops run into my room. I was taken to the hospital and treated, and I found out later that he was apparently on MDMA and it took seven guys and being tased four times to actually take him down. And apparently it was all thanks to my neighbor for hearing my distress and calling the cops that I'm alive today. At the time he was only 15 so he didn't actually go to jail but he got five years probation and six months community service. But his family moved away after that and I haven't seen him since, thankfully. I've recovered nicely as the most damage that was done was a huge nasty black and blue bruise covering most of my back for a couple of months and a, a pretty deep cut. Thankfully, it wasn't too deep and didn't hit anything and he didn't kick hard enough to do any sort of severe damage, so I got lucky and I'm actually fine now. This is a story about a, a guy who stalks me. So basically, this happened about three years ago, although this guy still tries to contact me sometimes, and his name is Dean. Now, my dad owns a golf course, and we're constantly hiring new people. I worked there every summer up until last year, and Dean got hired, and I was pretty excited because he was younger and pretty cute. We would talk a lot when we were working and he also managed to get my number so he would text me every so often to see how I was doing or what I was up to. After a while of working with him, I considered him a close friend and enjoyed his company. I was in my final year of high school and was planning on going and taking a year off to travel around Europe by myself. And it was around this time that I started to notice that I would see Dean just everywhere. He would be at the mall or the grocery store and basically everywhere that I was. He started texting me really creepy things out of nowhere too, like he wanted to have kids and he wanted to be with me forever. I would hang out with him once in a while too and the last time that we tried to hang out, he tried to sexually assault me and that was the point where I realized that he was dangerous. Pretty soon after, I started to cuddle contact with him. About a month later, he shows up at my house and tells me that he bought a plane ticket to England and he's coming with me and he's excited he never has to leave me again. My dad had to call the police and he was arrested and taken away and a little bit after this I leave for the year and when I get back, he's still trying to contact me. He messages me every day so finally my dad and I agree to meet with him. I tell him that I'm getting a restraining order and he tells us that he doesn't think that he can live without me and he's going crazy. And that's the last time that I've talked to him in person. But every so often, I'll get a text message from a random number and it freaks me out knowing that he's still living in my area. Not sure what I'm going to do if I see him up close again, but I sure hope that that doesn't happen. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you, mates, in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.